Welcome to Emerging Europe Talks, bringing you expert insight on innovation and technology, sustainable social and economic growth, business, politics and culture, and helping you navigate the Emerging Europe region. Hosted by Andrew Robel. Remember to visit the show's page, emerging-europe.com forward slash multimedia, or check the hashtag EETalks on social media. Hello, everyone. A warm welcome to the next episode of Emerging Europe Talks Sustainable Impact. My name is Andrew Robel, and today I am joined by Petra Cicic, who is the sustainability lead at Microsoft Central and Eastern Europe. Petra, welcome to Emerging Europe Talks. Hello, Andrew. Hello, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Perfect. Let's take a look at two very important aspects today. The first one is digital transformation, and the other one is sustainability. They both go hand in hand, and that is particularly important in Central and Eastern Europe. So could you give us an overview of some trends that you at Microsoft have seen over the last couple of years? Of course, um, we do believe that sustainability and digitalization are actually the two sides of the same coin when it comes to the business transformation. And they are very, very much interconnected. We published a research called Digital Future Index, which actually shows that more digitally advanced countries in Central Eastern Europe, but not only in Central Eastern Europe globally, are more greener, more productive and more competitive in the business market. And it's showing us a lot of trends, uh, how actually the digitalization, the sustainability and growth is interconnected. We know that, you know, in Central Eastern Europe, the companies, organization, businesses are faced with many different challenges in the, especially in the last one year. And uh, companies are driving big focus on building their resiliency but also on how to kind of, you know, drive operational efficiencies, how to, you know, save money, how to save energy. And we really see that digital technology is actually an enabler and can really help to address those kind of priorities and those challenges, but can also accelerate the progress and drive the sustainability impact at the same time. So we don't have to separate, I would say, sustainability from business transformation. We really do believe that, you know, the only successful business in future is going to be actually the sustainable business. Can you give us a little bit uh, or a few examples of how digital transformation actually drives this sustainability aspect? Of course. I mean, uh, there is, I would say, a few nice examples. Uh, we've been working, for example, with uh, Polish National Environmental Fund uh, organization, and uh, they are providing the environmental grant uh, programs uh, to allow citizens to obtain funding for air pollution prevention and energy efficiency home improvements. And uh, they've been using actually process which was uh, previously slow, manual, paper-based, and simply by digitalizing that process, uh, uh, putting into the, the cloud, it was not only uh, that they managed to achieve the 
the better data insights when it comes to, you know, how and where they should invest and being kind of the enabler and accelerated of that transformation of providing such a service. But they also managed to drive, I would say, improvements and they also managed to drive the cost savings when it comes to the whole process and making it very easy, simple experience for the end users, for the citizens who were actually going to apply for those uh, those investments. So it does seem that it's more competitive and it's more efficient in the first exactly. place. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And it's actually driving the, the, the actual sustainability impact down because we know that actually cloud as a technology is not only more energy efficient and cost efficient, but it's actually carbon less intense, actually carbon more efficient comparing to any on-premise infrastructure. So Petra, we've been talking about countries here. Do you see, perhaps does the Digital Futures Index show any type of connection between digitalization and the environment in any of the, of the countries that you are involved in? Actually, yes. One of the correlations that um, we have identified was uh, that countries that has actually above uh, average digital skills of the general population have definitely you know, lower, lower uh, air pollution and more kind of you know, sustainable behaviors. And uh, definitely this is seen in countries uh, that have a quite advanced digital government and digitalized services for the citizens in Malta and Estonia. And if we look at Microsoft itself, you recently published a report that focuses on the, on the impact on climate and on Microsoft's operation. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Of course. I mean, our Microsoft sustainability journey started back in 2009, and we are already more than, I would say, a decade into that, uh, that process, into that journey with um, very kind of uh, clear and ambitious you know, carbon commitment goals uh, to become basically the carbon uh, negative by 2030, water positive, zero waste, and protecting more land than, than we use by 2030. We publish our annual sustainability report, which is a very comprehensive report, uh, sharing all, a lot of our progress, uh, but also sharing some of the key learnings and some of the, I would say, even the challenges. We believe that, you know, the key motto of our sustainability report is transparency because transparency draws the accountability. So for this fiscal year, we also published a very comprehensive data fact sheet uh, with uh, all the, the details about actually uh, the data behind the report. We see three key areas of our responsibility and how we as a company can uh, support the sustainability transformation globally. First is to get uh, get our own house in order to drive the necessary initiatives, um, activities, uh, investments to actually re reduce the impact of our own operations. And um, for year 2022, our business overall grew by 18%, but we managed to reduce the carbon footprint by 0.5%. It's a small progress, but... Uh, and we need uh, we understand that there is you know much bigger need to accelerate and this needs is especially coming from the need to decarbonize our basically electricity that we use globally to power our data centers to power our facilities but also to decarbonize our supply and value chain so this is where our biggest uh, focus of learning and insights is coming from and where our biggest focus is going to continue then I would say the second area of our impact is definitely how do we use the knowledge, the innovation, 
our technology to really empower and accelerate the sustainability transformation of the customers and our partners. Because we really believe, as we just commented, that you know the digital technology is a key enabler on driving the sustainability transformation. And then the third area of our impact is really how do we use our voice? How do we influence the right policies to have a common understanding and a meaning of the net zero? But also, how do we help to close what we call the sustainability skills gap? Because we also see that uh, a lot of the, of course, you know, a lot of the sustainability transformation requires actually to have uh, people with the right skill set, both in, you know, sustainability skilling, like, you know, understanding the the carbon accounting, greenhouse gas, uh, carbon removal, and this kind of projects. But also there is a huge uh, need to advance also in how technology skills can be used in the context of uh, driving the sustainability transformation. It's interesting what you said about the skills, because over the last couple of of weeks, I I had a chance to participate in a couple of different sustainability-related events. And one of those uh, was particularly interesting because uh, we were talking about how different organizations have sometimes absolutely no idea what sustainability actually means. And they are honest about it and frank about it. And they, they admit that if they were asked, let's say, two or three years ago about their sustainability journey, they would say, well, there is none. We haven't embarked on that journey yet. So what I want to ask you about is what does it actually take to embark on this sustainability journey to make sure that even if you're at the very beginning of that journey, you are already equipped with the right tools to be able to, at some point, be fully sustainable. Perfect, uh, perfect, I would say, a summary of the cultural shift that is happening, I would say, globally. But even more, I, w- I think, in Central and Eastern Europe, uh, we do see this acceleration and organization, organizations being, you know, focused on understanding the, you know, the sustainability. There is a lot of, I would say, learning, skilling, education. Uh, we also, in, in Central Eastern Europe, uh, launched a Microsoft Skilling Academy, which is like a free uh, resource on demand and um, online learning uh, possibility to help um, leaders to understand you know the sustainability concepts uh, to help the sustainability professionals to acquire uh, necessary i would say technology skills that can help them to how to drive the you know from pledges to progress how to drive the implementation and also how to kind of, you know, skill a general population on understanding better, you know, what sustainability is. And um, definitely, I would say very kind of, you know, practically, I think that it should start with really kind of putting the sustainability at the core of your company and trying to define what does this really means. I mean, and by defining that and also understanding what are the goals that you would like to pursue and making them very clear, making them public, committing to those goals. So I think that the change and living that every day. So I think that, you know, the change starts with, with kind of being, being ambitious, but also being very, very simple and clear about uh, what organization wants to achieve. And then, of course, you know, with making those kind of pledges, the biggest challenge is, you know, how to turn this into the action. And we know resources are scarce. You cannot place investments and all the people just to focus on such initiatives. But we believe that actually the companies who will 
invest or who will actually take a look into the understanding uh, what is their the current baseline and, and trying to understand where are the gaps and uh, who will actually use the data-driven approach, who will use start collecting the data to really kind of understand uh, where they are and then applying different digital solutions, technology solutions that can really help them to scale and to accelerate into that uh, that way. So, for example, we've been working in Poland as well with the National Institute of Oncology, which is a, a governmental organization, and uh, they've been actually also setting uh, their vision. They've been setting some, you know, their ambition of the decarbonization journey. And then actually we, together with our partner, we've been working on how do we help them implement the right technology, which is called the Microsoft Sustainability Manager, to really understand, okay, what is their current carbon intensity baseline coming from their own operations, coming from outside of their, uh, in their kind of value chain. And then based on, you know, data and further analysis, what are the kind of recommendations, where to prioritize, where to focus? I will mention one, I think, as far as I know, Jabka is another client of uh, Microsoft, and this is a chain of grocery stores. And I remember their chief green officer participated in one of uh, our events, the Future of Emerging Europe Summit last year. And she said that for them, a Jabka, being sustainable, it is actually a very conscious decision that they follow every single day, no matter what they are looking at and what kind of solutions they are trying to implement. I understand that this is what you are talking about here as well. Exactly, exactly. And as I said, it, and it comes to my, uh, and it's a great example, and it comes to my, uh, you know, the beginning of our conversation, how we started. I believe that, you know, the only way how to run a successful business is to run, you know, a sustainable business. And, you know, for companies, as I said, to understand how sustainable they are, I really believe that they need to grab into the kind of, you know, the data. They really need to grab into to understand based on the data and on the analysis. If you were to define sustainability leadership, would there be something else that you would add to what you have said already? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I met a lot of sustainability leaders, CSG leaders, and I think that there is a, there are a few key things that stands out. And I think that, first of all, they're all very humble. They all are really driven with uh, also finding their purpose. And it's, it's very inspiring. And the second of all is that they are all very much open to learning because sustainability is such a new topic for everybody, I think. And there is no single company or single organization or single government that has been, you know, super successful. And, and it's not about a single company or organization being successful because we know that we cannot solve the sustainability challenge as a kind of, you know, one organization, one person or one, one country. Because even if we solve it for ourselves, if the rest of the world doesn't follow the same pace or advance in the same rhythm, you know, we are still in the same challenge. So I think that, you know, there is really a huge culture of learning, of openness, of sharing best practices, and also about how can we really partner together to make, I would say, even bigger impact comparing to what we individually as uh, organizations or organizations or the companies can do. So I think this, this is uh, embracing that kind of culture of learning 
not knowing it all and also being very, very open towards, you know, sharing transparency. I think this is really a treat that I see across the many, many ESG leaders, but also the, the leadership of the companies who are really kind of embarking on the sustainability transformation. I will mention one more example here because what was it last week? I was also asked to deliver a, a, a some sort of speech to startups in Central and Eastern Europe at, at Wolf Summit in Wroclaw. And uh, my presentation was called Think Sustainably from the Start Up. The reason why I'm bringing this up is that it seems to me that you have to start thinking sustainably whatever type of organization you are and at whatever stage of development you are. Do you agree with that? I fully agree with that. I think that the next, um, I would say, majority of the, of the startups that are you know, coming to life uh, today and in the future are actually, they're all going to be in the climate tech or majority of them and sustainable by design. I also listened to some of your pre- some of the previous podcasts. <laughs> there was a nice uh, nice example from uh, one of the startups, uh, and actually, you know uh, how they went through the transformation of uh, without you know initial idea was not that they are going to be a s- sustainable startup, but I think it's uh, it's a must. I mean, every company, no matter the size, actually will be required to be a sustainable company. So, fully agree with you. So my final question here, would you have some sort of advice for those who, like I said earlier, have absolutely no idea what sustainability is and perhaps have heard the term, but have no idea how to deal with that and perhaps where to start from? Listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Um, you. But no, I think that, um, I mean, I can talk about myself as well. So I graduated in uh, University of Economics. And back then there was no, you know, sustainability as a, as a profession, as a skill set. So we also, you know, when we also looked into this um, uh, report that we published, the Global Sustainability Skills Report, we also saw that a lot of people are shifting right now into the, you know, sustainability as a profession because of the demand, because of the purpose, because of the, of course, you know, the talent needed. But I also can talk about my journey was actually to, you know, start uh, looking into how can I, through the work that I do, make a more sustainable impact. So this was kind of my first idea. So I think that, you know, everybody can look into, you know, their own work, their own behavior at homes, uh, at home and think about, okay, what can I do to make make things, you know, more sustainable. But it's not only that. I think that, you know, I mean, the next maybe recommendation would be, and this is the reason why we created the Microsoft Sustainability Academy. Feel free to explore those learnings um, and, you know, to start embark on that journey. But of course, there is really plenty of resources available, available there, out there. I mean, the first kind of very concrete step that I would recommend to any organization is really start collecting your data. And this will really help you to understand, you know, where you are and where should you focus. I mean, and and it's not a new data. It's the data that's already available in the organization, in different systems, very often very siloed. But if you put the kind of sustainability lens on that data, you will actually get a very, very good understanding about where the challenges are and what the priorities should be. And of course, we are here to help, you know, companies, organizations to do so. I have two follow-up questions, though. You said, ask yourself how 
sustainable you can be in the future. If you're asking that question, what specifically do you mean? I mean, what kind of questions can we practically ask ourselves? Because for some people, the word sustainable might be too overwhelming, but perhaps there is more you know, detailed questions that we can ask ourselves. Of course. I mean, uh, privately, definitely, you know, uh, look around your house and think about, you know, do you recycle? Where do you buy food? Do you use plastic uh, wrappings, you know, plastic bags, you know, things like that? Uh, do you, you know, turn off the water when you're taking shower? What kind of electricity do you use? Can you put the solar panels on your roof? So talk to your kids. I mean, they are usually smarter than... <laughs> Then we are, and they already have, you know, some very good ideas. You know, do you travel by car? Do you travel by bike? Can you take a train? So think about this, you know, uh, do you buy locally from the local farmers? What is your food supply chain, you know, as a person? Potentially, you know, you can also calculate this, you know, what is the kind of, you know, carbon intensity of your vacation? What is the carbon intensity of your, of some of your decisions? This is uh, being uh, as a kind of private person, but uh, professionally, there are also, you know, a lot of, I would say, ideas. I mean, very often we, when we talk to the customers, me coming from Microsoft, I tell them, look, are you le leveraging the cloud? And do you know that cloud is always so much more carbon, less intense compared to any on-prem solution? So let's do kind of, you know, analysis of, you know, what are those, you know, applications? What is the infrastructure that potentially can be moved to the cloud? And then you can benefit, you will already start your sustainability journey simply by leveraging the cloud as a technology for already, you know, your current, I would say, infrastructure needs. So this is, this is really kind of the, the simple, simple kind of first step. But uh, definitely, no. Should every meeting be a travel meeting? Can we travel less? Should uh, this paper be printed or can be kind of paperless? So we also have a very nice... Uh, a white paper uh, that we published uh, for uh, all customers that are using M365, how to actually, instead of sending, you know, attachments in the emails or even reducing the, the amount of emails, how to kind of be during everyday work uh, less aware about what is the carbon intensity of that work and how to be kind of less carbon intense. So there are really kind of, you know, opportunities in our everyday, both professional and private life to live a more sustainable life. But we need to start being aware of those and then also putting some actions in place on how to address those. I said there would be two follow-up questions. So the second follow-up question is about data, because you said that we can start collecting data right away. Could you give us some examples of those statistics that we can potentially start collecting to help ourselves understand you know, where we stand with sustainability? Of course. I mean, this is one of the reasons why we actually created the product that is called the Microsoft Cloud for Sustainability. And the product itself can help to collect, automate, and uh, provide the insight into the sources of the carbon emissions, carbon intensity in, in organization. It actually translates the activities into the carbon emissions. So, for example, if every organization is powered by electricity, so every month, you know, organization buys, you know, a certain amount of electricity, the data about electricity, it's part of, you know, every organization. So this data is in-house. So collecting, for, uh, for example, the, you know, the electricity purchases in your organization, in your facilities, in your, you know, across uh, different countries, different organizations, departments, etc. And then 
calculating basically these uh, purchases into the carbon carbon emissions, you will and and this is what we can actually help you do through the technology I mentioned earlier. You will get a very very good understanding about what is your first of all operating cost of you know purchasing all of this electricity. Where can you potentially have some savings? Maybe you know part of that electricity can be switch to the renewable sources of energy. But then, of course, what is the carbon intensity? You know, and if maybe one facility is more carbon intense and why? Maybe somebody is not switching off the electricity during the night. I mean, depending on, you know, on the different scenarios uh, per industry. But electricity is just one example. Collecting the data about the business travels and how carbon intensive this business travels is and then calculating and recalculating this. So these are some of the examples. Perfect. It seems like a very good place to start understanding your carbon footprint as an organization and leveraging technology to make sure that your actual carbon footprint is smaller. Petra, thank you so much for this conversation. It was a pleasure and I'm sure we're going to talk about other aspects of sustainability, such as social impact and governance sometime in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you very much as well. Thank you all for listening, and we look forward to your company for the next episode of Emerging Europe Talks. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and do leave a review. This will help us ensure a regular stream of great guests you want to hear from. And finally, check out our news and analysis platform at emerging-europe.com. Emerging Europe Talks